Good enough. An inadequate response to inadequate responses. I'm Mitch Alexander. I'm Tom Lang. And I'm Isaac. And we've got some good news coming in hot. We're just going to launch straight into the good news on a story that fucking ethered me. Shocked. I saw the headline. I was like, no, that's wrong. And then I read the whole article and was like, no, I've misread something somewhere along the line. It takes a lot to shock us here, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Genuinely, this is a fucking cool, weird thing that happened. But this is from um, National Indigenous Times. Police recognise traditional owners' right to practice culture at Adani mine site. Cool. Yes. But every single time I read it, it was like, where's the fucking trick? Queensland cops are tricksy fucks. They're like, they had Peter Dutton in their ranks for a while. What is the, what is the thing here? But they just, uh, this is directly from NIT. Uh, Queensland police officers have recognized traditional owners' rights to practice their culture at the Adani Carmichael coal mine. Mm. Recent recording shows police officers telling those at the camp that they will not be moved on. Mm. And like, that's fucking good. They've, They've opened an investigation and they are looking at it, blah, blah, blah. But just straight up a, a proper win, um, legally, morally, psychically, for what <laughs> should always fucking happen and should be the bare yeah. fucking minimum in policing in this country. Like, 100%. Mm. It goes to show how low our standards are. And this is, like, basically, these traditional owners have been practicing culture. They've been occupying this Adani mine site for, like, five weeks, I think. Um and Adani has obviously wants to move them on so that they can keep digging holes and destroying the future. Um, and they've like got onto <laughs> the cops. They've gone, hey, cops, bunch of guys stopping us from digging a big hole in, you know, unspoiled natural wilderness. Obviously, that's not going to fly. Come down here and lock them up. And the cops haven't. Yeah, the, the cops went down there, but then didn't lock them up. So they are still. Mm. I love that the recording in, and and there's lots of quotes of like officers on the recording saying, and I can just imagine them doing it in that, like, schoolboy reading out a forced apology. We understand that your connection to culture is disappearing and you don't want to lose that. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. Under the Human Rights Act, you are able to practice your culture. Yeah, it's like through gritted teeth. These cops are just like, oh, you're you're allowed basic dignity, humanity. But, mate, you said off mic, Lang, like, and I 100% agree. This is wild that the cops just haven't come up with some bullshit excuse to move them on because they fucking love doing that shit all the time. Like, just some excuse, surely. Whatever Alien Meteor has <laughs> made it opposite stay up there, fucking keep it up because that is great. But, like, I'm not going to shout out- I'm not going to shout out the Queensland Police Force. No, God, no. uh, But more of this happening is a good thing. Mm. This is just a properly good thing to see happening, and I would like to see more of it. So, I mean, fucking good. Great. It does it does show like how low our standards though are that Mm. that this is land that these that these people have occupied for forever. Mm. Uh, and and the the our 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 win is the police don't remove them from it. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, it's fucked. Ah well I mean I can only assume that this has happened because there's been a lot of scrutiny and and maybe the Mm. cops have been like given a warning like uh, we can't have any more bad shit happening. Our HR department our PR department is just absolutely full right now. (laughs) Yeah. We've got so many internal complaints to deal with. Please don't make our job harder for us. Oh boy. Well, let's get into the rest of the episode, which uh, will, as all our listeners know, be totally great and full of really good other positive news and not things that are making me totally fucking insane. Woo! Gina Reinhardt 
you might know her. She's uh, Australia's richest woman, as, mm. as people like to always point out. Not she's one of Australia's richest mining magnates. She's Australia's richest girl boss. And coming off the back of last week's episode, I think it's appropriate to mention Reinhardt this week. Um, because she did something that was incredibly offensive and drove me incredibly mental. And uh, I have felt in my core just disgusted <laughs> this week. She has produced a video that runs at 16 minutes long about climate change and about questioning scientists and I I wish I had never seen it. I watched the whole thing and I fucking regret it. But I did it for you, dear listener. For those seconds of clips, I hate myself. The ex-Democrat Vice President Al Gore film titled An Inconvenient Truth. Catchy title, but sadly short on delivery as far as truth is concerned. Which comes first? global warming or an increase in carbon distance from the sun as the earth orbits why does the media in general and those they influence now call for reducing carbon too often propaganda erodes these critical foundations and other scientific facts that i had the benefit of learning when i was at school it's become politically incorrect to quote what's in their diaries but if i could say something quoting from former prime minister Baroness Margaret Thatcher, quote, next quote, and another, and another quote from Margaret Thatcher, and another quote, and importantly too, quote, and yet another important quote, and let's never forget her quote, quote, there are so many more, but I'll just give you two more, new quote, quote, and especially for the ladies and girls present, isn't that fucking offensive? The richest woman in this country cannot hire a fucking audio editor to normalize and compress her sound. That is dog shit audio. What the fuck? I think that 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 is the wildest thing about this. It's it's it really just shows. Like I, th- I think Gina Reinhart is she's a bit weird as a as a as as a billionaire because <laughs> she doesn't appear to have that that sense of being better than other people. She mm. she she <laughs> she has that same the same fucked boomer brain of of a um you know of a a Perth mum, but um, a Perth mum who spends <laughs> yeah. too much time on Facebook, um, but also happens to be Australia's richest woman, and and so that that that. That feeling is just so offensive when you see these, this, this super low energy video with this shitty, (laughs) shitty production of her just talking into her iPad. Just get a fucking mic. Yeah, you know it was an iPad yeah. too. It wasn't her no. phone. It was one hundred percent the huge iPad she also takes mm-hmm. pictures on, mounted on some kind of tripod. This was this this has you're right. This has the energy, and it probably would have been more authentic if instead of it being in a weird room that she's shown for like five seconds at the start, if it was in her car with the yeah. windows up and she was just shouting <laughs> about this shit. That's it how the video should have been energy. done. Um, yeah, I'm going to push back, Isaac. I think she does think she's better than other people, but uh, in the same way that a weird boomer conservative Perth mum thinks she's better than people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not because of her billions. <laughs> yeah, I mean the billions absolutely help because they have they have uh, reinforced that they've shown her. Oh, I am better than other people, and uh, as proof, I have 
all of these billions. I'm the richest person in Australia. Another quick thing. Not the richest woman. The richest person. Oh, is she now? I, I think it's also worth pointing out that this video was made as a as a speech to um, to her her alma mater, to her school, uh, to St yeah. Hilda's. Which um, her like I think I think it's also worth pointing out that. The reason why she's giving this speech is because her family built this school mm. and like her family's name is on two buildings at this school. So, so like, like it's, it's, it's not just that she's rich. She, her family is rich and has been rich for a long time. Yeah. That's what I wanted to get to. And that like the, the video itself is also really fucked. And like, if it wasn't so boomer brain and stupid, it would be pretty scary. But like, uh, yes, the audio is absolutely fucked. I cannot believe that it's that bad. I cannot believe that she spoke so quietly that they had to boost the ambient background noise as well. <laughs> so there's just this constant fucking hum. And there's things where she's clearly just done one take and not decided to do it again. She says catchphrase, like catchphrase, and <laughs> catchphrase, and then just fucking leaves it in. That's offensive. But yeah, also, this was a speech to school children mm. to just be like, hey, jump on Facebook, get some Telegram groups, listen to real research. scientists, do your re She says, do your fucking research. I, I would ask all kids to ask their teachers which comes first, global warming or an increase in carbon. Doesn't mention it, but then rambles for like five minutes about how Earth's on an elliptical orbit. And we had ice ages prior to this. The teachers paused the video, they're like, it was the it was the carbon. Uh, carry on. <laughs> Think about how volcanoes or uh, or or the the Earth creeping closer to the sun might be warming the planet. Oh, yeah. I read about solar flares. Maybe we should look <laughs> into those. Maybe scientists should think about the sun. She spends like six solid minutes talking about one speech this cunt Lord Monkton once gave in front of some kids, and he's oh. a like a travelling conspiracy theorist, anti climate change, anti climate yeah. action cuckoo. He's fucked. Hmm. But like. She just keeps going on about this shit that is, like, she's been cooked through lockdown, 100%. She is just in Telegram groups under a pseudonym. She's getting fucking black-pilled and red-pilled and all the pills. Like it, it, And then she has so much money that she can be- she can build a school and try to get some people in that school cooked before they're even, like, fully finished growing. I mean- I'm happy. I'm happy because this video is so badly made, so unconvincing and so trite that not a single student in that school will be bought in at all. Like, not only yeah. is it the worst boomer Facebook, like you've, I'm sorry we can't show you screenshots, but it is bad cartoons and, and screenshots of screenshots of book covers that were badly <laughs> yeah. designed. Like, it's, it's so the kind good. of shit you see on, on bad conspiracy videos, not even the good ones. Yeah. But this is the woman who owns, like, over a third of the IPA. She has <laughs> media guys and propaganda outfits, like, actively working on this shit, actively putting out school resources that she could have used. <laughs> she did this as a hobby. I'm going to disagree with you, though, that, that this won't radicalise anyone. I, I think that, that um, like, this this video follows a perfect model of, of the YouTube conspiracy videos. It's got the... It's got the, the the low energy talking to camera. It's got <laughs> it's got a, like a, a weird slideshow of unrelated images. Uh, it's 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 obviously like she's been just watching like flat Earth mm. YouTube and and is taking taking that 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 format and just doing it herself. 
And that format has shown to be yeah. um, very effective at radicalizing people. But she's missed rule number one of effective communication, which is know your audience. Because mm. if she was talking to boomers on Facebook, which presumably she is as well, and they absolutely will be radicalized oh, by yeah. this. Um, oh, fuck. This would be effective, but she's not. She's talking to 15-year-olds. Yeah. Are you when saying you want like- to radicalize 15-year-olds, what you do is you go, Hello, uh, welcome back to the uh, climate challenge. Today I'm going to be setting myself on fire while you- linking to fascist videos. Just imagining Gina Reinhart dabbing on it when she makes a point. <laughs> hey, kids. Twitch streaming Fortnite while talking about the Milankovitch cycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's absolutely fucking insane watching. But also, like, I've not been exposed to this much Gina Reinhardt mm. all at once. And <laughs> I didn't realise how much she is just a fucking, like, dumb rich person. Mm. There, she's not- I've said it before. We're very lucky in this country that we don't have any charismatic bad people. Mm. Like, all of our rich, evil overlord people are very uncharismatic. They are very non-convincing. We've got Twiggy Forrest. He's okay. He worries me a little. He's yeah. He he could be one to watch in the next little while. But like you know, even you know Scott Morrison or Angus Taylor or people like that, mm. they don't have that fire <laughs> that someone like I, I mean you know, I hate to say it, but like a Milo Yiannopoulos, mm. when you watch that shit, it's like it's fun. He's having fun. Trump had fun with some shit. Mm. Um, Le Pen is a fiery speaker, and in this country, they are all just dog this shit. Showman, yeah. So at the very least, it doesn't seem like there's going to be like a groundswell that she'll be able to build with stuff. But watching it, I'm, it's just like. You just inherited so much that it was impossible for you to fail. And now, and people around you have forever gone, you're real smart. And she's like, yeah, I am real smart. I'm going to say stuff. And instead of bettering herself, learning about the world, being curious, realizing that she's destroying the planet and having an existential crisis, she's just like, yeah, no, me smart. And then produces shit like this, which is just brain work. Like, it is just worms moving through her smooth brain like an apple at this point. Mm. It is just incredible to see. I I only hope that this serves as a bit of a lesson to maybe not the school, but maybe the students and maybe some other people that like this is she was allowed to broadcast directly to a large number of, of impressionable young people simply because her dad had a lot of money from owning a lot of land and stuff. Um, you know, hey, hey, kids, here's a 10 minute speech from someone whose dad bought a building here. Um, not <laughs> his 10 minute fr- speech from someone who's accomplished stuff from someone who's like a leader or inspiring in any way. No, if you want to be like Gina Reinhardt, here's what to do. Um, have your grandpa own a lot of iron land. Yeah. And, and money does buy that, uh, that, that, uh, that access to, mm. to praise and to, to power. Like, uh, like after, after, after this, I went into, to Gina Reinhardt's, uh, YouTube channel, of course, just to see what else was going on there, <laughs> uh, and found a, uh, a, a three minute video, um, from the, uh, the Australian Dolphins swimming team. Uh, with all the all the the, the swimmers uh, wishing her happy birthday, like uh, <laughs> like they they've got a gun pointed to their head off screen. Thank you for all your support. Uh, couldn't have done this without 
you know, the journey that you've embarked on with us and, you know, the rest of the Australian swim team has uh, really appreciate the work that you've been doing and, um, you know, the time and effort that we spend together is uh, cherish it every day. <laughs> and, you know, effectively they do. It's a money gun because mm. if, if any of the teachers or the staff, like, high up in this school was like, wow, Gina, that was a bit fucked. We're not going to play your video. She'll be like, well, how about I just defund your school? You know, how about I just take away your swimming team? Um, because she absolutely could do that. Mm-hmm. This video is fucking cooked. That is 100% a hostage situation. Holy shit. <laughs> it reminds me a lot of like, well, now line up and say thank you to all your aunts who got you these nice sweaters. And the kid's like, I don't want to. They smell funny. Give them a hug. <laughs> Australia's richest person. Ah, oh, fuck. What a sad state. So, yeah, uh, I mentioned very briefly, Gina Reinhardt owns fucking the IPA, basically. Um, oh, no, like she's a, she's a donor and she's just like putting her money into political speech because she believes in the political process in yeah, this democracy. She, she doesn't have any influence, nor no. does the IPA have influence in the government. They're just a business advocacy lobby group who have just put <laughs> one of their employees into Scott Morrison's cabinet. But <laughs> we've got no time to talk about that. Let's talk about the Nationals. Uh, um, so the Nationals <laughs> The Nationals are a real thorn in Scott Morrison's side right now Because he wants to pretend like he gives a shit And the Nationals don't <laughs> even care about pretending like they give a shit The Nationals like giving a shit That's going to cost money um, Which is great to see he's wedged himself uh, and There's a lot of journos being like How's Scott Morrison going to get out of this one Because he wants to say Like every world leader that he's going to not destroy the world. He's going to get to zero by 2050, which is the 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 really low bar that we've all decided. If you're not going to zero by 2050, you're fucking saying you want everyone to die for carbon emissions. You're for not carbon you're, emissions. We, we should say specifically because we didn't mention it, but in terms of carbon emissions yeah. and reducing our carbon, not getting to zero in terms of like seconds left alive or anything no. like that, which is <laughs> something I would support. But Net yes. zero by 2050. I mean, yeah. It's the catchphrase. I mean, we know and love it. Net yeah. zero 2050. Here we go. World saved. Net huh? zero 2050. <laughs> and the nationals have collectively gone. <laughs> 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 Which is making him look bad because he, Scott Morrison is uh, apparently voluntarily in a coalition with these ghouls <laughs> who won't even consider this lowest possible bar. And so Keith Pitt, who's a big man in the Nationals, has has said, all right, Scott Morrison, we'll consider your little 2050 thing if, if you commit to setting up a $250 billion loan facility for the resources sector. How much is that in submarines? That's that's actually even a bunch of submarines. That's like lots of submarines. Um, That's such a good, like, Dr. Evil number. (laughs) Keith Keith Pitt just going in guns blazing to the negotiation. Fuck it. $250 billion. You won't do it, you coward. (laughs) (laughs) Barnaby Joyce is there. He's behind him. But he's like, yeah. Yeah, little man. Um... But it's great because it's like the whole point of getting to net zero is that is that you've got to cut back the resources sector because that's where the emissions come from. 
The nah. resources sector is the emissions. And it's like, oh, I can't even think of a good analogy because it's so obviously dumb. He's like, we'll commit to net zero if you fund a shitload more coal. And so, so this is a, a, a loan facility that, that he, he wants the, the government to set up basically because um, international finance is refusing to, yeah. you know, to back, yep. uh, to back carbon production now, basically. Yeah. Like, so, so um, cap- capitalism is, is, is deciding that, um, that, that, that carbon emissions need to be cut, but, mm. uh, but Keith Pitt has other ideas. <laughs> Yeah, Keith Pitt and Matt Canavan are like wanting to set up new coal mines, and the invisible hand of the free market is making making that wank gesture at them. <laughs> They're just like, "No, we want our mines and money." Well, that's the funny thing is these are the guys who, you know, forever have been saying, "Oh, any climate policy would be economic suicide." So Barnaby Joyce, you know, in 2012 was like, "Oh, the carbon tax would mean hundred dollar lamb roasts." You know, we can't we can't interfere in the economy. But now when it turns out that um, coal mines are the expensive option, you've got the nationals like Matt Canavan here saying, no, net zero is bad. Coal is important, even if Australians have to pay a little bit more on our mortgages is the (laughs) analogy he's decided on. Oh, okay, Right. So, right. It's the same as as Angus Taylor pushing for gas, even if uh, even if it increases prices. Yeah. So so oh, suddenly Australians paying a bit more is is good if it helps fossil fuels. I'm starting mm. to think like you don't have a consistent moral standpoint. You just <laughs> like fossil fuels. Mm. <laughs> I reckon that might be the case. Though I do I do like the idea that maybe they are just like. Where the nationals are at is just as simple as hundred dollar lamb roast bad, a little bit more on the mortgage good. Like just the idea of like lamb roasts are where it's at. Mortgage, I don't care. But can can you imagine if anyone in the coalition was like, oh maybe we should make houses a bit more unaffordable? No, no, <laughs> there is no way. And so it would be fine to pay a bit more in your mortgage if that mortgage was for coal, like metaphorically, but obviously you can't pay a bit more in your mortgage if like, yep, we're getting into a separate thing here, but but basically Matt Canavan is a socialist <laughs> as long as that socialism is for coal mines. Yeah, and, and big business as well. And I mean, I suppose even his his immediate family, because, <laughs> you know, RIP to the Canavan um, coal mine. That's it. I think, I think this in, this is interesting as well because the like the, the New South Wales Liberal Liberal government has um, gone in the exact opposite direction. Um, they they've they've um, uh, um, committed to to fifty um, percent uh, emissions reduction by by twenty thirty, mm. um, and and their 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 whole argument like as as a as a a conservative fiscally conservative government has been it's better for the economy. Yep. Mm. I remember I remember fucking mentioning that episodes ago and mm. feeling like the monkey paw curl. But like mm. they are going to oh, start. Yeah, there's, there's there's definitely gonna be some bad things coming out of that, but yeah. um <laughs> I mean like climate change can and will be addressed in one way or the other. And this is the the struggle at the moment, is that yeah. We can just leave it to fucking, you know, the capitalist dystopia where private armies are run by Google and Facebook who have decided that line going down too far on human death is unacceptable to their bottom line and we need to fix climate change to stop that from happening. Or we can socialise and nationalise a whole bunch of things. But, like, yeah. In the same way that that COVID's bad for business if if lots of people die. (laughs) 
Yeah. And so it is it is insane at this point for the federal government to just be trying to squeeze as much cash from the fossil fuel industry as they can before they're all voted out. Because we are already seeing the, the, the market is going towards renewable and state governments themselves. This is the problem with the Labor Party. The New South Wales state government at the moment is one of the best, at least in like conceptually, mm. to climate action because they are going. It make it will make us money if we go renewable. It'll cost us money if we don't. We're doing the responsible thing. Whereas Labor governments are going, ah, workers in coal mines, but we are workers in fossil fuel. So I don't know. But liberal, the liberals do not give a shit about workers. They just care about where the money is. And mm. we have now seen the tipping point in the space of a year where fucking coal is a dead end and renewables are where it's at. And that's going to be a very fucking bad time for workers in every industry if we don't start voting in some people and agitating for change that will help workers as we do it. And the nationals have just have just worked themselves into a bind as well, where mm. where they they you know they've they've set themselves up for for jobs in the in the, uh, the the fossil industry afterwards after they they get out of power, but um, if if those if those those industries don't exist at that point, they're going to be in trouble. <laughs> That's the important thing: is these representatives are not representative, um, mm. and the yeah. further up you get in the government, the less representative they are. So, like you have. You have, you have local government and, and that often will be someone from that government who is probably working for the people in that, in that electorate, um, or, you know, in that town. But then you get up to state level. Ah, oh, it's a bit fuzzier, but you know, every state and territory in Australia has a commitment to get to net zero. Um, but then you get up to federal government. Fucking, they're living in a fantasy world. Yeah. Um, it is, it is some eyes wide shut stuff. <laughs> um, it really is, but it's just really fucking ochre and bogan and disappointing when you get there. Like it's just, it's just like a bad swingers party from the seventies, and just, uh, all the beers cheap and the coke hurts. Oh, that sucks. I've got one more hilarious thing from from this is Michael McCormack, head of the Nationals, um, who's who's said. Uh, or maybe Ned Zero, but also Keith Pitt's proposal has merit. He's saying we have to preserve and protect our resources industry as much as we can. I know a lot of people are anti-coal, but for the next few decades at least, we're going to require a thermal coal industry for exports, which help pay for schools and hospitals. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! You know what else you can use to pay for schools and hospitals, Michael McCormack? $250 billion! <laughs> <laughs> it's funny so good. how we can't pay for schools and hospitals, <laughs> but we can pay for coal, which pays for schools and hospitals. Yeah, real weird. There is it's- no rational thought here. It's just fossil fuel good. And, like, we mentioned before that, you know, even businesses are, you know, the writing is on the wall Fossil fuels are bad. You've got the Business Council in Australia saying, yeah, we've got to slash emissions by 50% by 2030, which is, you know, obviously if we're zero by 2050, at some point you need to start lowering things. You can't go from 100 to zero in a single year. You've got to head that way. And this is what a lot of people don't realize. Oh, give me a chance and I'll give it a shot. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And in fact, the longer you wait, the faster you've got to slash and the the earlier you've got to get to zero because it's not about the date that you get to zero emissions. It's about the cumulative emissions you emit by then. 
I can't show you a graph. This is a podcast. Um, <laughs> Put any graph in the show notes. <laughs> the business can just imagine the line going down, but then it has to go down faster. Don't worry about it. Um, the business council has said this very obvious thing. Well, we've got to start cutting emissions um, immediately. We've got to start accelerate. Okay, here's the quote. Accelerating our decarbonization efforts now with well-known commercially viable technology will reduce the cost of transition later and make it easier for Australia to achieve a net zero economy by 2050. Sounds pretty good. AKA, start slow down now, slow down sooner. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Don't wait until you're about to hit the child before you hit the brake. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> this is obvious shit. Um... <clears throat> The funny thing here is that this is the business council that in 2018 said an emissions target of 26% by 2030 is appropriate and achievable. 45% is an economy wrecking target. So Oh, so they're pieces of shit. Right. I getcha. The business council. They pieces are pieces of, huh. of shit. And mm. even pieces of shit know better <laughs> than our fucking elected government. <laughs> they made this call- and then Energy and Emissions Reduction Minister Angus Taylor, this is a direct quote from the Sydney Morning Herald, has taken a swipe at the nation's peak business group, warning that its call for Australia to slash its emissions by up to 50% by 2030 could impose a carbon tax on business. Yeah. Good. good. The, that, the that, Business that, Council are calling for it. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Fucking just Angus Taylor is so out of touch that the Business Council- are going, can we please work on this? And he's going, oh, I'll tax you. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what, what else does the business council expect from the federal government, though? Yeah. Like, of course they're going to be fucking taxed. Okay, good. The business council is saying, please tax us. Please tax carbon. <laughs> we want to make less. If you tax us, we'll, we'll have an easier time doing that because we'll have market <laughs> forces. Angus is like, hmm, yeah. Or what if we gave you $250 billion to emit more? <laughs> yeah, Angus, Angus Taylor warning about a carbon tax <laughs> and the business council being like, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> like, do it, for fuck's sake. Uh, yeah, it, our, our federal government is so far fucking past rationality and reasonableness when it comes to fossil fuels. Like it, we've, uh, we've debated and talked before about like whether it's just money or if it is ideological in any sense. And this shit makes me think it has to be an ideological adherence to fossil fuels as yeah. a thing. Like is, is Angus Taylor's manhood at stake when it comes to <laughs> green energy? Was he threatened with something as a child <laughs> and now he's just totally adverse to like you know the 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 wooziness of solar panels or some shit like it that it can think- only be explained with, by irrational factors like that surely the way I, I rationalise it to myself is they're lizard people uh, who need their eggs to be warm but also they're <laughs> in a cult. Like, there are other <laughs> lizard people being like, guys, just tone it down a little. <laughs> the business council lizard people are like, nah, it's hot enough. And these people are the weird lizard people. Yeah. <laughs> They're the odd ones. And so, you've got, you've got the, the lizard babies being like, please protect us. And the lizard in charge <laughs> of deciding what happens to the lizard babies is like, fuck you. And that's Susan Lee. Uh, <laughs> 
Because <laughs> that's the thing. If you are progressive and you're for universal healthcare, you're also for universal healthcare for lizard children. Mm. You are. Mm. You just have to be. <laughs> I'm concerned about the children of the lizard people running things. I want them to have an inhabited planet at the end mm. of all of this. I, I want to protect the eggs. <laughs> I just don't want to, you know, burn the whole planet to do it. Yeah. Mm. But Susan Lee, the Minister for the Environment, who we talked about back in episode 74, where the courts found that she has a duty of care to not kill children through mm. climate mm. change. She can approve <laughs> or she can decline uh, activities that produce carbon. And a judge went, ah, you need to think about how that's going to impact future children, especially when it comes to coal mines. She went, yeah, I'm going to appeal that. I don't think I have a duty of care as a politician to care about children and like, take care of them. I don't. I don't want to. I just want to open minds. And recently this month, she went on a fucking coal project approving bender and approved three new coal projects in one month. Yeah. Look, she's doing self-care, you know, like, like th <laughs> thinking, thinking about hard things like, like <laughs> the, the, in the impacts of your decisions is, is difficult. <laughs> and so sometimes you just got to take some time to just do do something nice for yourself. Yeah. She, <laughs> she has not broken her stride. She is rubber stamping just as fast as before, if not faster, just to spite the children of the future. <laughs> she thinks she imagines their grubbly little faces in court telling her she has a job to do when she goes. Fuck you. <laughs> you reckon these these coal these coal projects are just out of spite yeah. for, for future generations. Yeah, I'm gonna approve heaps of shit. I'm gonna approve nuclear reactors that are built faulty deliberately. <laughs> 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 a punching bag that looks like a six-year-old. The only thing that, like, I'm super interested with this, because we knew at the fucking time that she would appeal the decision that she has a duty of care to children because she's evil and that she would continue to approve this shit. What I really do want to see, though, and we'll, we'll, we'll cover it if it comes up, is if this will open her up to more, like, cases. If this will, like, land the environment minister or her back in court because the judge found that she has to think about these things and I don't think it's going to be difficult for people to go, this coal project <laughs> is going to fucking kill me. I so, hope. hopefully. Fingers I mean, crossed. Unfortunately, we don't have Evie here to tell us what is actually true about the law, so we can only speculate. <laughs> but I think these things just do take a while and there probably are cases moving through oh, God, being yeah. like, uh... How about no? I would I would hazard a guess to think that the, the the thing with this is that like well a judge did find that I have a duty yeah. of care but there is currently an appeal underway so maybe mm. I do not have a duty of care and it would be irresponsible of me to not approve planet ruining coal projects while that appeal is ongoing. Well, well yeah, that know. that case that found that she had a duty of care uh, did did find that she had a duty of care but not in that specific case of that specific coal mine because the duty of care had not been found at that yeah. point. So yeah, I think yeah. I think at with with these new approvals, maybe they're, they're yeah, it'll be opening her up a bit. I love that that line of defense relies on her not having a duty of care. It doesn't rely on this being okay. It relies on she doesn't have to care about it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck kids. <laughs> but the explanation she always gives for these coal mines, um, and the one she's given in this case, is that um, this development is not likely to cause harm to human safety because uh, whether it's built or not, eh, people will get that coal from somewhere. You know, people would get the coal from somewhere else if this coal mine isn't approved. Where would they get it Fucking from, Susan? Hell. Probably one of the other coal mines you've approved. Um, <laughs> That's why she's got to do three. 
Yeah. yeah sure. and it, just in case one of them doesn't get approved, the others can fill in. Um, and it's it's also the other the other excuse they use is that this one is it's only very small. It's just one little coal mine. But obviously, anyone can tell you things add up, like numbers uh, mm-hmm. uh, add up when you have more of them. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll buy it. What the fuck is a number? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. The mandated what the fuck is an X joke for the week. Thank you, Isaac. <laughs> this week, we uh, we had a nice email from, from a, a listener of the show. Uh, if you have any uh, questions or thoughts, please email us at um, notgoodpod at protonmail.com. Yeah, send them. So, so, yeah, this, this, this listener of the, of the show... Um, yeah, I think they they've been listening to to uh, to the the world of the world of lefty podcasts for a little bit, and and um, it's started to get to them. Um, so <laughs> they they say uh, what started as some curiosity about some idiots and laughers has turned into a sense of dread, and it slowly made its way to Australia and across the world. So now things have been kicking off in Melbourne. I think referring to the um, to the anti lockdown protests uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I have to wonder, what do we do? Obviously, the police have enough support and ex- any extension of police powers will no doubt be turned on climate activists once uh, Australia bursts into flame again. <sighs> yep. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think they're, they're wondering um, what, what can we actually do about this? Is there anything we can do to, to course correct? Obviously, there's voting, but, like, what does that do? Mm. Yeah, it's it's an interesting email. I've been thinking about it for uh, a while, um, not least of all because um, <laughs> they start the email by saying, hello, fellow nerds and Evie, which is fantastic, <laughs> and also end it by saying, if I can get a Mitch freak out, even better. So I'll, <laughs> I'll fabricate something at the end for you. But- I think they come for free. Yeah, <laughs> but like, there's just there is a lot to unpack in the email. Sorry to get all fucking undergrad academic again, um, because I think there's there's two sort of sides to the to the discussion of like, what can I do to not be so black pilled and doomer, and also what can I do to like help fix mm. this fucking place and mm. course correct, and I do genuinely think that they are pretty much two sides of the same coin. Um, I think that essentially what you can do to both make yourself feel good about yourself and your situation and the wider situation that you find yourself in and what you can do to materially impact the lives of other people is to work with others. Mm. It's In a word, it's solidarity, which is like, sounds kind of trite, but it genuinely is a matter of working together with like-minded people on achievable good things as a constant project will make you feel good as you see other people feeling good through your actions. And that will help. That will help make things better. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, I think, it doesn't always have to be the sort of high-level fixing the system thing because obviously that stuff is is vital and we all want to be doing that. But... um. But that in in terms of like, it, it's kind of like how exercise makes you feel good. Um, it's like just working with others to run a bloody soup stand or yeah. go to a protest or help some people, you know, locally with some shit. That's, that's only helping people one at a time. That's not going to fix the problem. But that's important. That's building community. That's building things. That's making yourself feel better. Get active. 
be in contact with people. And that is building that, um, that people power that then you use to build, to change yeah. the big system stuff. 100%. And, and on a personal level, it, you know, it helps you build uh, connections with, with people and, and have someone else to, to, that you know that you're not the only person going insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, like that's- a telegram chat, but you're also handing out care packages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we'll we'll get to like I suppose some like material things you can definitely do, but just you cannot overestimate how good it feels to do things and how it will help you keep doing things. It will get you out of bed in the morning. And it'll give you faith in people. Exactly. And you need that because when you only look at things online or, you know, through the news or even, you know, through podcasts, yeah. you get a, you do get a filtered view that is looking at these huge, big issues and going, fuck, that's heavy. All I can do is laugh or cry about it. But like, I'm in the renters and housing union and I work on that sort of shit because like making sure Victorian renters aren't, you know, being forced into homelessness or getting crippling debt isn't going to fix climate change, but it is making the lives of people in Victoria better. But sure as shit, those people are now on board and wanting to fix stuff. And if we can make renting for Victorians better, maybe we can go national and we can start to build on that. We can join up with other organisations already doing that. But then we get into things like renters deserve a fucking carbon-free energy source. And we deserve lower bills and we deserve these these extra things. And you've already done all of this work that has built up around you. But even if you never get to that point, the work while you're doing it feels good. Mm. I mean, this is, this is the big thing for me that I've been thinking about for the last like three years now. I've been reading a lot about it. I've been looking into it in quite a bit. And just as a sort of like... As the, as the talking point, um, they, they mentioned in this email, uh, is there anything we can do to course correct? And that phrase like can seem loaded because like we've seen it with you know Obama for 10 years taking the energy away from activists because a lot of people just sort of went, oh, we've course corrected, mm. Obama's in and we don't really need to worry about stuff anymore. And- I mean, I know I fucking did it. And I've, you know, same thing with when Biden gets in, you kind of just go, oh, someone nominally left is in charge of stuff. That so, was like okay, a, cool. A big fight that's over. Yeah. And now we can relax a bit. And you, the thing that you sort of start to see with a more historical view is that progressivism or activism or leftist politics or whatever else is a constant project that you can't just like take your hands off of the wheel of because there's always going to be people that want to either lock things in place, which means that some people will not get the care that they currently deserve right now, or they want to backslide and they want to make things worse and they want to take away rights that have been fought for forever. Like it's a horrible thought, but we could lose marriage equality again in this country. Mm. And so the idea that we can just- America lose a lot of abortion rights. Yeah, exactly. And so this uh, this idea of like, well, what can we do right now to fix it and then set it in place and forget about it? It's like, unfortunately, you can't. Progressivism, activism, all these sort of things are constant projects striving for the next thing to make the world better for people who are currently suffering. And for me, that has been really invigorating because it means that there's no goal that I can get to 
where I can, you know, hang my boots up and go, oh, I'm done now. Which also means that any setback I suffer won't destroy me and burn me out. Burnout mm. in these sectors is a really mm. big issue. And I think it's because people go, you know, at 23 and you're on fire and you're going to change the world. And then by 24, you don't because you had three goals and you didn't hit any of them. It's like heaps of people didn't hit any of them. When the unionists started, they didn't know that they would get healthcare and the weekend and five-day working weeks. What they did know is that Pinkertons might beat them to death, (laughs) but they fought anyway because you can't not fight when there are issues. You can't not do things because for your own soul, you have to be trying to make a change. And that to me has just been sort of like a, a switch in mentality, which has really helped me keep going all the time. And also, it's also helped me step back from things mm. because I recognize that I'm going to burn out. Mm. And if I if I don't win this one or I don't contribute to this thing, it's fine. There will always be more to do. And that's given me so much more energy and like mental strength to be able to continue to do the shit that I want to be doing. And I think um, it's also to, good to remember that like every little thing matters like like on on back back on back on rahu um you know like like your your work on that may not necessarily uh help with with climate action directly but uh but if if someone doesn't have to expend their energy dealing with their shitty landlord then they've got that energy that they that they are able to to use for something else as well and it feels good like yeah. it's it's not it can be too much in, in the small scale but it feels good to do you don't yeah. feel alienated from solidarity you can feel alienated from your shitty work and that makes sense but that sort of thing you're 100% right Isaac it 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 is it's just fucking nice to know that I helped someone who might never meet me who might never know me and like that's that's the, all it is for life for me the only thing I really want to be doing is making sure I can help people as much as I fucking can. Um, the people that deserve it. Some people fuck off into the sun. But <laughs> that's what it is. And that, that's why I love union work. Um, both, you know, industry and the Rahu. Um, any of those sort of things where, like, I'm expending energy now so someone who doesn't have the energy doesn't have to. And I think mm. I think the important thing there, too, is is that it is a balance between what you can do um, and not doing too much because there is an infinite amount of stuff you can do and you can care so much about yeah. everything until it destroys you. And then that's not helpful to anybody. Like, yeah, uh, you can't help anyone when you are burned out and and you can't fix the world yourself. Uh, all you can do is do little bits here and there. And it's yeah. like the old story about someone who, like, rescues a bee who's, you know having a bad time and they put that bee on a flower and someone else is like, well, there's all these other bees. You can't save all of them. And they went, but I saved that one. You know, that's a bee that I've saved. Um, and there's there's a really good um, article by Emily Atkin who writes the Heated newsletter, which I am always recommending, because she burned out. She worked super hard as a, as a reporter to get this whole thing together. And she made a really good analogy, which is that, she had always been told that, you know, a noteworthy life required an unsustainable use of personal energy. If she wanted to improve the world and take care of her parents and have a career, she'd have to extract more from herself than she thought she could bear. And eventually she'd run out of steam, but it wouldn't be that bad and she would recover and it would be worth it and there was no other way. And that is the same 
parallel to climate change. That's the same rationale the fossil fuel industry uses is, <laughs> yes, overextraction is bad. Yes, obviously, that's going to be a problem, but it's worth it. There's no other option and we can fix it afterwards. And that's just not true. Um, if you destroy something, if you destroy yourself, for whatever reason, you might never get that back. You've got to take care of yourself yeah. sustainably so that you can take care of others. So in terms of material things you can do, though, um, obviously at the moment in a pandemic, it's very hard to do it in mm. person, but that's going to get easier, get vaccinated, go out and do things with people. But volunteer for either the political party that makes sense for you, unless it's the Liberal or Nas uh, Nationals <laughs> or One Nation or Labor or <laughs> Centre Australia or Reignite Democracy or uh, Shooters and Fishers or any of those right, shit right. ones. <laughs> Volunteer for the Greens or the Victorian Socialists. Um, <laughs> but like, so th this is another thing as well. I just want to briefly touch on this. There's, uh, If you spend a lot of time on Twitter and uh, all of our listeners don't, but there is always this like fucking debate about like whether elect electoralism is the only thing that matters and the levers of power are the things we have to grab. So you have to vote for the Greens and you have to work at elections. And there's other people going, no, it's only activism. The political parties are shit. It's a dead end. And they're both true in that electoralism is totally fucked. Look at the Labour and Liberal Party. And also activism doesn't achieve shit. Both are true in that in that sense if you look at it that way, but at the same time, both are fucking important, so just do it. Lang, you said off mic when we were talking about this in the notes. There's so many fucking people on earth that we can happily do both. We yeah. need the Greens with the balance of power in government because last time they were, we, Australia had its only workable carbon tax and it reduced emissions. Also, due to the hard work over decades by activists, we managed to get marriage equality passed in this country through the fucking Liberal Party. Mm -hmm. We require both. So if you mm -hmm. are comfortable volunteering for someone in the Greens, Victorian Socialist, whatever else, um, this person in the email mentions what their um, field is. And I can say from personal experience, your specific industry, graphic design, is fucking <laughs> loved and needed by so many of these organizations. Please, for the love of God, you are like drummers in the metal scene. We need so many more of you. You do not exist in quantities. So volunteer your time questions. and effort. Mm. Yeah. And also as one thing as well, if it's a political party with money, make sure you get fucking paid by them as well. They have the money. Politicians in all parties are scum. Make sure you get paid for your work. But if it's a volunteer organization, go do work for that. Even if it's just flyering or postering and you maybe made the posters, that's pretty cool. But get out there at the smallest scale possible and just do a few things because- Another thing with like, oh, what can we do and what can I do to feel good is realize that the people that do the most good work on earth are just the people that show up. And I really think that that's a fucking mm. conservative quote and I hate it. But like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's true. So true. It's that it's that the people that are currently like sitting Greens MPs are just the people that either were privileged enough or determined enough or a combination of all of it to be at every single meeting, to always be putting their hands up for things, to always be making themselves available for everyone else, to then just go, oh, that's a dependable person. I want to go. I want to go do some stuff. You don't have to and go that far with it, but you can one hundred percent be doing good work that will make you feel good at the volunteer level, whether it's for a union, for a political party, for an activist group, for a soup kitchen, anything like that. And just one day a fortnight, try it out and see how much you enjoy it. And and, and just, just try it because the worst thing that can happen is you'll go, it's not for me. I can't do it. And then you step back and that's totally yeah. fine. You didn't fail. You wasted a night. Oh, well. But even then you didn't 
it's like you didn't waste a night because you tried it. Mm. Just fucking mm. try it. I'm imploring everyone to listen. Find one day in a fortnight to volunteer somewhere just as a, just as a fucking Christmas experiment and see how you go. <laughs> and and I think that's the, the reason that Twitter will never really solve anything because Twitter is just a million people arguing with each other about the best way to do stuff. It's so good. Uh, oh, it's great. It's great stuff. Um, it's, it's my favourite. Um, but but if, if even one of those people got off Twitter and actually went and did something, even in an imperfect way, they're probably doing more good than any yeah. amount of people on Twitter. You know, obviously, unless they're, they're super shit people and they're doing a bad thing. Um, but then I'm sure they could have done a thing more effectively bad than people being bad on Twitter. <clears throat> so, <laughs> and that's why we need to get Donald Trump's Twitter account back. <laughs> he's on, He's out there doing work. He's exactly. it's atrocious. <laughs> he's he's building solidarity he's amongst the right wing. Yeah. Ah, he is. Whereas he could be just posting the the most cooked <laughs> shit, <laughs> talking about how he wouldn't do coups with that yep. general even if he wanted to. <laughs> anyway, there's a there's a there's a bonus question to this email which I really wanted to at least briefly touch on because I think it's really good. Um, is do you think Australia will ever reckon with the role the media and internet have played in this? Mm. Um, mm. Same can also be asked for climate change policy and hesitancy. And I think not only if you take a long enough look, it's not going to happen in the next five years, no fucking way. Um, But in terms of like a big, maybe 10, 20 year project, 100% Australia will get to a point where they have nothing but contempt for what the media has done. You're already seeing it. So, like, the popularity of people like fucking Friendly Geordies, Isaac Butterfield, Avi Yemeni and all these fucking gronks show that you can build a pretty quick career by just going all mass media is the same. Mainstream media is totally fucked. I mean, Donald Trump was elected on it. Um, (laughs) They're highlighting the fact that the media has let people down by like maintaining power for the powerful. Mm -hmm. And we all can see it. And it just took a few people and a couple platforms to disperse the information and be like, isn't that fucked? And people go, yeah, it's totally fucked. Um, And and it's like you can see currently- like where the fact that the fossil fuel industries are evil and politicians don't give a shit about you and billionaires are scum sucking vampires, like those are non-controversial statements um, almost everywhere. If if you yeah. go out on the street and you go, wow, fossil fuel companies are trying to destroy the world for money and they should all be shut down, 90% of the population goes, yeah. In it. Mm. Um, <laughs> like the, the people in power are having to work so hard and deploy all of their propaganda just so they don't get Nuremberged. Um, and, and that <laughs> means that it just takes a little bit more um, to actually push uh, push past that. Like, the fact they're deploying so many resources means that the passive forces of just popular understanding are on our side. And that that is what makes right-wing populism so dangerous, is that they have identified real problems and yeah. that yeah. that are that are true they've just mm-hmm. identified the the wrong the wrong enemies and the wrong solutions mm. yeah 100 percent. the um the, the thing further to that though and this is just coming from you know my personal experience with you know journalist friends and friends who are you know under 40 but now in semi-senior roles in media organizations and you know people that i worked with the abc blah 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 um 
I think Australian media itself will have a reckoning. Mm. Um, just because you obviously don't see it because senior journos and the old guard and the bureaucrats all there, they are entrenched shitheads. That's just mm. the, the fucking way it is. But there are so many young journalists at the moment who are feeling stymied and, uh, you know, suffocated and oppressed by the systems that they're in. But they really want to fucking let rip. They Mm. really do want to get back to, you know, busting things wide open and putting on that hat (laughs) with a little ticket in it and like Mm. doing investigative (laughs) shit. And they are struggling against not only the people like Costello and Ida Butros and people like that who want to make the neoliberal hellscape permanent, but they're up against a system which produces and rewards people like Costello and Butros to to do that sort of conservative um, bullshit. And so in the next 20 or so years, you're going to have so many people inside those structures pushing back so hard against mm. it that they're either going to change the system from the inside or they're going to burn it down on mm. their way out. And mm. I am a big, big advocate of the fact that you can't change the system from inside. It's bullshit. I, I do believe that. But I think we're going to at least see people try their best to do it because over the last 50 years, we've seen it go from journalists entering the industry with pretty radical ideas and uh, a desire to do good get really fucking comfortable with their nice pay packets and being coddled by this system and then just becoming conservative. And that's the old adage used to be, you're you're a radical leftist now, but you'll grow up and you'll become more of a conservative. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like you're a radical now, but then you will be more than comfortable later and you'll have a heap of money and that will make you selfish and by default conservative. But journalists now are getting fucked. They absolutely do not have pay packets worth caring about they do not have a job security and and the welfare in their roles they don't have a sense of goodwill from their managers um turns out you only get more conservative when you get more comfortable <laughs> i mean so, for um, real so there was this this is one one story that like i I won't forget is i was at this conference for the abc with a whole bunch of journos and this one like reporter, state reporter who does TV crosses, um, she was Iranian Australian and she has an Iranian name and she was told to anglicize it and just to smooth it out and to get rid of all of the like sounds. Her manager was like, the sounds that Australians aren't familiar with. <laughs> and so she just flattened her name out and she was like, but it's my name and I want to say it. And mm. there was a table of like 25 of us that just fucking G'd her up. I'm just like, yes, fucking do it. Go talk to your manager and say your fucking name on air and push back against it because we do have some protections for racial discrimination and shit like that. But the takeaway for me is that like her manager, who's older and in a senior position, just sort of went, mm, I'm worried about how that will look on me because the people above me and the system that I'm a part of doesn't mm-hmm. reward that sort of thing. And you cannot have this many people coming through going, no, that's totally fucked. I want to say my name. Or Mm. the way we're reporting on climate change is totally fucked. We have to tell the truth without both sides in conspiracy theorists. We will either see the Australian media finally fucking fix itself from the inside or just crumble. I don't think there's any way around it. Yeah, the media industry has been so hollowed out that that entryism- is probably easier than it's ever been because 
uh, because there's nothing there. It's it's a uh, it's it's just made of paper mache at this point. Yeah, I think um in a lot of industries that probably applies where everyone assumes things are more conservative than they actually are. But when you actually start pushing, I mean, look, I don't know. I I come from a, a relatively like artsy lefty industry, so this won't apply to everybody. But then again, graphic design kind of artsy and lefty. Um, <laughs> well, um. When you actually start pushing on things, like if you actually go, maybe we shouldn't do this ad campaign for this fossil fuel company, you'd be surprised how many people would be on your side and just haven't piped up and be like, yeah, okay. Like, so all you this can is do the- is ask and, and people might be like, yeah, all right, now let's do that. Let's, yes. Let's do your thing. 100%. This is the last point I want to sort of make, looping back around through the media as well, through these young journalists who are finally starting to like, you know, sit down at a table of 25 and go, actually, no, that is fucked. I, w- I do want to say my name, how it's supposed to be said, blah, blah, blah. Speaking up in leftist groups, speaking up at your job, whatever, whatever, whatever. There's this term called pluralistic ignorance, which is where you don't speak up because you assume no one else is worried about a certain issue because they're not speaking up as well. But every single person thinks the same way. All it takes is one person to speak up for a whole bunch of other people to go, actually, yeah, no, I do. I do think that. And then four more people go, oh, shit, they think the same way. I thought I was the only one. Oh, okay, you know, I agree with that as well. And it can be fucking frightening. And sometimes, in a minority of cases, it won't work in your favor. But I swear to fucking God, just speaking up about shit when you see it, if you have a chance to do so, will work out. Don't go in hot. Don't go in like a fuckhead with it. Do it respectfully and nicely whenever it's appropriate. But if you push back on things and talk about things you will find so many more people agree with you. They're just not speaking up because no one else has spoken up yet. So just do that. It will make you feel good in the same way that working on projects with other people will make you feel good. I fucking promise you, just try it. Also, if I get you fired for that, that's not on me. That was your choice to do it. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Not Good Enough. If you want to shoot us a message or an email and ask to dissect it, um, make sure it's as good as the last one. If it's a dog shit message or question, we won't read it. We're not stupid. (laughs) But we love hearing from you regardless. Send us anything, questions, queries, corrections, all that shit. We love it. We're on the social media at NotGoodPod. Our email is NotGoodPod at ProtonMail.com. And if you don't want to get in touch with us directly... Put us in the faces of people that you know. If you have access to someone's phone, they listen to podcasts, just sneak in and subscribe and we'll come up on their podcast list and they'll be like, oh, what's this? How did? Why did Apple do a deal with Not Good Enough to put us on their phones? That's fucked. But <laughs> just go on. Guerrilla Tactics to get us in the ears of people. We appreciate yeah. it and we love you. Hack into your neighbour's ooey boom. <laughs> 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 I fucking love the idea. I have I have a neighbor that listens to fucking AM radio very loudly. I fucking love the idea of being able to hack it and just start <laughs> blasting the podcast into next door. Fuck, that's good. Yeah, do that. Not Good Enough was recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge their elders and that this podcast was uh, recorded on unceded stolen land.